Welcome to today's episode of Bright New Star. We have Marie and Charity here today, and we are going to talk about education and tie it in with the covenant view on education. A covenant is a two-way promise, right? And education is an eternal principle. It's a beautiful thing. We came to this earth to learn, to literally experience a body and to learn obedience and to learn what to do to return to heaven. There are so many things that ancient Israel did to represent some form of education. Everything was important to them. A mother taught a child in the home until that child was about five years old, and then the father took over the education of that child, which I thought, huh, I don't I think like, we do that. I like that idea. <laughs> I right? Exactly. Talking about covenants, the children of Israel had a covenant of salt, and what it meant was it was an unbreakable or a permanent covenant. So they used it when they were sometimes breaking bread together. Sometimes when there was a marriage proposal, they would use that. I mean, when a Jewish girl became engaged, that engagement was considered even stronger than their marriage because they had made a covenant. And sometimes they would even take really, really fine salt and rub it over a baby, signifying that they were making a covenant with heaven. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, that, fascinating. that child's life. And so if we have a covenant to educate our children and that means lots of different things to lots of different people. And that is what's wonderful, is that each of us have a different form of learning. But a super important piece of that learning is, I feel like it sums up in this quote, would you be surprised to learn that your success in life depends upon how much light you gain while you are here? Success is not about how much money you make or how many medals you win or how much fame you achieve. The real objective of our existence is to gain light. And that comes from George Cannon, who was a great educator in the 1800s and influenced thousands of people. He worked both in the Senate and then he came and he said, what I really want to do is give my life to education. And he noticed that so many people were throwing education away, giving it away to whoever was most convenient or whoever didn't cost any money. And he wanted true principles taught. And so when I think of a covenant education, I think it's an education where principles are taught and where light is filled in children. Right. And I love that idea of light because the more light you have, the better you can see. Yes. And so true education helps us see more clearly because we've gathered all this light so we can see people more clearly. We can see ideas and philosophies. We can see things more clearly the more light we have in our lives. And so the more educated we become, the more light we have. Yes. And going back to the children of Israel, if everything was symbolic, then there was the high priest. They would go into the temple and they would place loaves of bread on the altar. Well, a woman would go into her home and she would place loaves onto her table. And so it was 
was a symbol of I am doing what I've been asked to do. I am fulfilling my piece of the bargain, my piece of the covenant, right? Again, two-way promise is a covenant. And with educating our children, what does that look like to you? I think for a mother, a lot of what we do is cast vision. Mm -hmm. That this responsibility to pay the price for a great education, it's a covenant responsibility because you have this amazing opportunity that you've been given and you have a responsibility to take advantage of it. If you were given a scholarship to go to a, a college, taking it seriously would be how you show gratitude for it. And you almost would want to just covenant to take that seriously. And we have been each given that amazing opportunity, scholarship here on earth. Yes. <laughs> and we need to take advantage of the amazing education opportunities that we've been given. And that are filled with light. Yes. And that's a great way to see, okay, is this worth my time of education or not? Is it filled with light or is it filled with confusion or darkness? Right. I, another thing that I think on is Thomas Jefferson. A piece of his education was musicality. Mm. And he spent hours practicing the violin. And so not only did it bring him joy and solace and peace, but he was then able to use it when he would go to the governor's home or to other places he was able to perform. And it opened conversations that blessed our nation. It opened understanding for him because he was placed in situations where, oh, could you come play for us? Oh, wait, I am also learning what is being said here in this area. Right. Well, and there's so many different types of education. You just mentioned music, but there are so many different, there's financial education, there's entrepreneurship, there's homemaking. There's all these different places we need to educate ourselves. Yes, it is so true. I find this is why we read history, right? How did other people educate themselves? What did the Greeks do, right? It was so important to the Athenians that they learn the arts and the sciences and the maths. Because of that, they built this beautiful community that lasted for many years, where the Spartans were like, we need to learn the education of a physical education. And that saved them in many a battle. Right. And if the two had put themselves together more often than they did, they probably would have succeeded a little bit longer. <laughs> right. But I think it's important that we each do what we're feeling drawn to do. And we also branch out. And I think as mothers, we have that opportunity to help our children branch out and do more than just what feels good and what they're enjoying at the moment. Yes. Well, it's like that little cartoon on education where they're all supposed to climb the tree and the goldfish is sitting there going, <laughs> uh, that's going to be a problem. I think of a friend of mine who decided that her kids needed to learn the periodic table of elements. And so she took little post-it notes and every day, they would write up the symbol, so going back to symbols, of one of the elements. They would study it often. They would do an experiment on it, uh -huh. and then they would put it up on their wall. And it was on their wall of their staircase. And so every time they walked in, they could see it. Those kids really learned all of the elements. They loved it. And halfway through, they ended up in a move. And I talked to her, and I said, so what did you end up doing? And she's like, we just put it back up in our new home. Nice. And they picked it up again. And that's part of education is that we pick up where we are and we move forward. Sometimes we need to start over, but we don't always have to. The other piece about a covenant education is our children learn from our example and all of those around us. And sometimes a child might have a mother who's very, very sick in some way. 
it doesn't mean that she can't teach her children. The way that she addresses those around her. When I am hurting, I'm afraid I get a little bit ornery. To the point that I'm like, oh man, what is my problem? And that's actually what lets me know, oh, I'm in a ton more pain than I had realized originally. Right. And so I'm very grateful for that, but it makes me realize, okay, how am I educating my children? That when they're hurting, are they ornery or are they doing something about it? Do they just live in the pain or are they gracious and make the changes to heal? Right. And I feel like that is a huge piece of education is it's constant modeling. Yes. And that's what God does for us, right? That's mm -hmm. why we have the scriptures. He's like, here, I'm modeling this. Let's bring back these absolutely beautiful stories from the Bible, right? And other scriptures where we can say, oh my goodness, Rebecca at the well, what did she do? She was a beautiful model of, here, let me serve. Let me take care of these camels. And they think if there were 10 and they probably needed, it was over 130 times that she probably had to walk down into that well. Wow. Right? And so the Jewish people, people understand and revere her even more than the rest of us do because they understand the work that was involved. And when we are getting an education, it takes work. It does. I read a quote once, I don't have it exactly, but it, he said, the point of all education is to help us do what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. Yes! <laughs> And that applies to every area of our life. We need to get educated everywhere so we can do what we're supposed to do when we're supposed to do it. And he said, it's the first thing we ought to learn and it's usually the last thing we learn. <laughs> Which is also true. Right. It's why we need education our whole lives. Yeah. And why we need to pass it to our children. Yeah. Well, and to have a commitment to it. When I think of a covenant commitment to education, I think of just a commitment to it despite how I feel at the moment, despite whether I understand what's going on or not right now. It's just having that commitment that I am going to do this no matter what, no matter how hard, no matter how I feel. And isn't it amazing how when we go ahead and do something, when we don't feel like doing it or we don't understand, that that comes after, yes, not before. So it's part of the faith process. Right. Because if we waited until we felt like doing education, <laughs> would we? Probably not because it's work. Right. But if we have this covenant, I've committed to consistently learn, to consistently grow, to always be in a growth place, a growth mindset, then amazing things happen. And we get the feelings after. If we wait for the feelings to come before, sometimes we'll go forward. But if we start going forward, then the feelings come. Yes. And what we put into our homes makes a difference, right? A few years ago, I took a physics class and my youngest sat down with me and he drew out some of the vectors once and he did a way better job than I did. And he started making connections and I loved it. And I'm like, all right, buddy. I need you to sit down and now explain this to me a little better right. than the professor had. But what's really fun is because we had physics in our home for a semester, guess what science my boys want to study and my husband likes to study. Right. They want to study physics. And I thought, oh my goodness, it's a really cool subject. And yes, there was a little bit of probably interest, but now that interest has been peaked because they're like, oh, wait, this has been in our home. And so whether your child goes to private school or public school or boarding school or homeschool or charter schools or whatever form of education they are gaining, what we have in our homes hugely influences our children. Yeah, one of my favorite stories is, have you read Cheaper by the Dozen? Yes. 
and how he just put education everywhere in their houses. In the bathrooms with record players and painted on the walls and there was just this attitude of education in their home, which I thought was just fantastic to just, this is what we do in our house. We learn languages and we learn science and we learn music and that's just what we do. We educate ourselves constantly. Yes, and it's the parents' responsibility and privilege. Yeah. And so we don't have to keep giving that away over and over to other people. We can own it and say, guess what? Like what the dad did in Cheaper by the Dozen. Here are all of these maps of the galaxy on the ceiling. Here, I want you guys to learn this. And so we'll put posters everywhere. We can do that. And part of that education is doing scripture study together, right? Yes. As we go back to those old stories, even as we were studying recently, the scripture Psalms 26, 5 showed up. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. And I remember thinking, what in the world does that mean? And I've since learned that oftentimes in the spring, the grain would run out for the children of Israel. And so that precious grain had to be sown in the ground instead of used to bake bread for the children. And so the children would sometimes go hungry and there were tears, both tears from the parents and tears from the children. However, because they sowed, they then reaped in joy in the harvest in the fall. And that is part of the reason that they had these festivals. So guess what I do? When I learn something, I then share it with my children. And that's part of education. It's just taking what we have learned ourselves in our own lives and our own stories and sharing it and sharing is different than force feeding it right 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 Right. (laughs) it allows us to say hey I learned this really cool thing can I share it and unless it's been a very bad day for one of my kids they're always willing to hear yeah and if they don't feel like they're being lectured at but shared with right then a conversation ensues Right. And that's a fine line that moms and dads have to walk with being really excited and forcing and being really excited and just inspiring. Yes. And again, going back to it is what we're learning that we then get to share with them. And so if we have more time to learn, we get to share more. If we're in a season that we have very little, there are still things that we can learn from people we're working with or from situations we're in that we can then teach and educate our children. My son just went through a really hard discussion with someone that as he debriefed it afterwards, I realized this is a discussion that almost every worker will have at some point in their life. What a blessing that at 16, he is getting to have some of these hard discussions and learn how to navigate how to improve himself or how to improve work at times because that was a piece of education for him that will bless him further. is a blessing and it is I love the quote you brought up I just love what you're saying about these life education lessons that are just so powerful and some of them there our kids will get on their own and some of them they will get from us there was a time that I built a business at home to help with things in our family I have been amazed at what an impact that had on my oldest son he learned so many lessons from that that I had no idea I wasn't saying hey by the way I'm learning this lesson right now but he picked up on all of those things as I went through that educational process of building a business, he picked up all those things as well. And it was so fun to hear him express all the things he learned that I had no idea he was picking up from me. So true. And it's something that children learn, that teenagers learn, that adults learn. 
So even when our kids are all grown up and away from home, right? Right. It's this education. It's our opportunity to continue to give learning and understanding. In Proverbs 1.5, it says, A wise man will hear and will increase learning, and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. What a blessing, right? Promise and blessing right there. Right. Well, and it's just adding light. Like the quote that you said at the beginning where they're just adding more light to your life. And then you see more clearly. Yes. Then we can bless. That is beautiful. So to conclude, are you owning your own education and helping your children as they master theirs? Are you accepting that this is a God-given responsibility and it can be done in so many different ways? That's the beauty of education.